Today, Rinpoche went over the 37 branches of enlightenment and specifically the section on the four close placements of mindfulness using Panchinson Andrapa's general meaning of perfection as a tool to understand it. So we're going to continue um, from where we left off last time, uh, where we find that the uh, explanation um, of that these two, which are the um, method and wisdom, are necessary uh, in order to practice Tantrayana. Uh, so this is the second category within that, Tuchina, and uh, that's where we're going to begin. Uh, let me find it in the English um, for you, one moment, and uh, we'll go right from there. Okay, so we're on page 97 uh, in the English, uh, so that's where we'll begin. Um, and this is where it shows the necessity of the perfection vehicle uh, and the union of method and wisdom within it, um, which is the basis uh, in the tantric vehicle. The Inji, the Tranlasa. Oh, yeah, the Lord of the. Becha Loma song, Gine, the Inji, the Kabiare Lapsang. Then <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, lesser, lesser. Two stages. Parshin Tepadangaya. Okay, so the first, uh, uh, so in this section, we're going to find three categories. And these three categories are as follows. First, we'll find reasons for this. Uh, second category is that all concur that um, all the perfections are needed, uh, that you can't just leave one out and still achieve Buddhahood. Uh, they are all needed. Everyone concurs on this. This is something that everyone agrees on. Uh, and then the explanation of the two stages. So there's the perfection vehicle and the tantric vehicle. So now we're dealing with uh, the tantric vehicle, uh, the necessity of the union and method of the union of method and wisdom uh, that we even find in the perfection vehicle to produce the, the tantric vehicle, the necessity of it. Disa. <laughs> Shira Parudushimba Drugi Dubala 
So, 99 is the page that we're on, by the way. I think I said 97. Um, so, the English is 99. Uh, so, uh, <coughs> this training in method and wisdom comprising the six perfections is, as explained earlier, common to both the mantra and perfection vehicles. For in many of the tantric texts, we find repeated mention of the complete path of the perfections, the six perfections, 37 branches of enlightenment, the 16 emptinesses, etc. In the context of the explanations that the entire celestial mansion and array of resident deities are the inner qualities of the mind, um, are, are, are the inner qualities of the mind. So here, uh, this is showing that when we look at the perfection ve um, vehicle and we look at the six perfections specifically, these six perfections are common. So we have things that are common and things that are not common. But the perfections are something that is common to both the sutra vehicle and the tantric vehicle. Uh, so this is um, uh, what is being explained here, and it's showing the connection of these perfections to the result, the tantric result. Dixon. ちょっと、感じ、ちょっと、どうもね、じゃいかんと、はい、こばじにじゅんわたんじ。なんか先生に電話してみて。あ、とそこ、なんか先生に電話してみて、そこ、そこ、そこ、そこ、そこ、そこ
Um, so again, it reads, for in many of the tantric classics, we find repeated mention of the complete path of the perfections, the six perfections, the 37 branches of enlightenment, the 16 emptinesses, etc. In the context of the explanations that the entire celestial mansion and the array of resident deities are the inner qualities of the mind. Uh, so what this is saying that is when we look at all four classes of tantra, we look at the action tantra, performance tantra, yogic tantra, and highest yogic tantra, and we look at the explanations of how the various deities are created and how the various um, uh, residences, the pure residences, residences, residencies, anyway, are created. Um, so uh, when we, we look at the explanations in these four tantric vehicles, we find that it states that uh, these are a result of the inner qualities of the mind. So if one were to say, show or posit these what inner qualities of the mind, we would state the excellent qualities of the mind, such as the six perfections, the 37 branches of enlightenment. And here it says 16 emptinesses. We have to broaden um, that and, and understand what's inferred within that. Um, because the 16 emptinesses themselves are permanent, it's actually the 16 wisdoms realizing emptinesses, the 16 uh, exalted wisdoms uh, of emptiness. Uh, so uh, this is a, a distinction because th that's a consciousness as a note, which is impermanent. Um, so uh, the inner qualities or workings of the mind require impermanent things. Um, so because um, the mind is impermanent. So that, uh, this is what it's meaning. So this becomes consciousness when you say the wisdom realizing the 16 emptinesses. Uh, so, so that was just as a translator's note. So it's stating that the inner qualities of the mind that produce the celestial mansions, that produce the deities and so forth, are the 37 branches of enlightenment, the six perfections, and the 16 wisdoms realizing emptiness. Uh, so these are the excellent qualities that are spoken of here. Um, and it, when you can, even uh, where it says inner qualities of the mind, you could say inner excellent qualities of the mind. Digsung Rinpoche. Okay. Um, so then, here it just says the 37 branches of enlightenment. Um, and this is very abbreviated. So what are these 37 branches of enlightenment? Uh, so in order to 
understand this, we need to look to another text. Uh, so Rimache has chosen Pension Sunandrapa's general meaning of perfection uh, to help us understand these 37 branches of enlightenment. Um, so we, they they're divided into um, various categories. Uh, so we'll, um, so the, the text that he has, uh, st uh, which is the general meaning of perfection, states, uh, what are the 37 branches of enlightenment? These 37 branches of enlightenment are divided into the following categories. The first category are four categories of the um, four aspects of the close placements of mindfulness. The second category, the four perfect abandonments. The third category, the four aspects of the legs of magical emanation. The, the next category... Uh, um, one, two, three. The fourth category is the five aspects of the faculties. The fifth category is the um, five aspects of the strengths. Uh, <coughs> what number was that? Anyway, the next category uh, are the seven aspects of the branches of enlightenment. And the next category are the eight aspects of the branches of the path of the nobles. And Rimache went through them twice. Um, so again, uh, the first category are the, the four aspects of the close placements of mindfulness, the four perfect abandonments, the four aspects of the legs of magical emanation, the five aspects of the faculties, the um, five aspects of strengths, the seven aspects of the branches of enlightenment, and the eight aspects of the branches of the path of the nobles. Then Rimache, the Sache Pui Kuna Yanjar Surinan, Tambo de Ji. Sache. Sache. the check, checking, dot dot check. The Tambo. The Sunchu Sudun. Sunchu Sudun. Tambo Jie. Okay. Yantabe so the 37, um, they're saying branches or aspects, I'm sorry, I have so many texts here. 37 branches of enlightenment um, are necessarily pathways. Uh, so um, when we look at how we categorize them, um, if it is a if it is among the 37 branches of enlightenment, it is necessarily a pathway. And we find this in common to all the vehicles. So the hearer vehicle, solitary realizer vehicle, then, then the bodhisattva vehicle of both the perfection vehicle and the tantric vehicle. Uh, so we find these 37 paths um, 
uh, within all of those different vehicles mentioned, or it pervades them all. Dixon.
So now the first category uh, that we go through is object of observation or object. Uh, so what is the object of the four aspects of the four close placements of mindfulness? Uh, so the first category is bodies, uh, second category feelings, third ca category minds, and fourth category phenomena. Uh, so these are the four categories of the, um, or the four objects of observation um, of the uh, four close placements of mindfulness. So it's what, the, what this close placement of mindfulness ob is observing. There are four categories. These are the four. Uh, and the categories are objects of observation. <coughs> Dixon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Observing, observing. Okay, so <clears throat> the first category of bodies, um, body is necessarily categorized form. So if it's body, it's necessarily form. Uh, body is never under the category of consciousness or non-associated compositional factors. Uh, so it is always necessarily form. And when we look at the three, the categories of this, there are three. There is inner, outer, and both. <coughs> so what this is referring to is the observation of the lack of true establishment, which is establishing the emptiness of inner, outer, and that which is both of form, of, of body, rather. Um, so one is just um, establishing this emptiness of inner, outer, and both body. Um, so this is um, what this first category is and what this close placement of mindfulness is on this objects of observation is doing. <coughs> So, 
So that first category, inner, is referring to the sense powers, um, the, the powers. Um, outer is referring to anything outer that is not the sense powers. So um, this is referring to that. Nene, Nika Yimba? So the the both the next category of both is referring to that which is neither only inner body or only outer body. And it's some concomitant, um, some something which aids the sense power, which powers the consciousness in observing an object, in that process. Um, so it's neither outer nor inner only. It's something which is both. Um, so it interacts with both outer and inner. Um, I think that's the best way to translate it. Um, I don't have a, a strong intellectual grasp on this material, so I'm raw translating it. Um, so I'm just being re really careful with the way I do it because I know that I don't know this material as well as some of the other material. Dig some Rinpoche. So there's a very subtle, um, small, uh, in the, so if we look at the eye, eye sense power, um, there's a very subtle powering agent that powers the consciousness to allow it to apprehend form. Um, so this is how that process works. We have this inner, very subtle sense, uh, sense power, in this case, of the eye, which is powering or this consciousness to apprehend and understand form. Okay. <laughs> So, we have three categories. We have the observed object. We have the observed object, and then we have an immediately preceded, con immediately preceding, con immediately preceding condition. Um, um, so, which what that is, is, so the ob observed object is the form, for instance. The immediately preceding condition is this thought to observe a form. And the Yanja Surinam. So there's the thought, there's the power, the powering condition, and then the observed object. So the thought is the immediately preceding condition, the powering condition, the sense powers powering it, and then the um, 
um, observed object uh, is the form itself. And I, I'm going to just look up that terminology if I have a chance. It's right here, um, but I believe that's it. I just haven't dealt with this in a long time. Um, so this is something that uh, we as Buddhists would posit. Um, but then we have to wonder, uh, what would a scientist say about this? Um, how would, would a scientist react to this idea that um, we, we posit like this? Scientists have uh, um, so many um, uh, are great scholars uh, and are able to engage in uh, further analysis and in, in further analysis, in-depth analysis, like that doubt we speak of. Um, they're able to engage in that. Okay. So when we look at the um, uh, sense um, consciousness, we look at the various sense consciousness. Um, we have eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, tongue tasting, tongue consciousness, and tactile consciousness. Um, all of these five have these three conditions, uh, which are the empowering condition, the observed object condition, and the immediately preceding condition. Uh, so all three of them have this. Deekson. So the next category under objects um, is feeling. Uh, so there are three categories of feeling. There is happy feeling, feeling of suffering, and um, a feeling of equanimity, literally. Sometimes translated as neutral, but a feeling of equanimity is the uh, most literal translation. So, there are six types of consciousness. Eye consciousness, ear consciousness, nose consciousness, 
uh, tongue consciousness, tactile consciousness, and mental consciousness. Now, this breakdown of consciousness is according to the middle way, I'm, I'm sorry, the middle way school. Now, if we look at, for instance, the mind-only school, uh, we also have um, eight different kinds of consciousness uh, because the mind-only school adds extra consciousness. Um, they add the storehouse consciousness um, and then the storehouse consciousness and... Hold on one second. Other powered, I can't remember it. Isn't it just right here? Okay, Dixon. Um, so, so the mind-only school posits eight consciousness instead of six consciousness. Um, so, um, one of them is storehouse consciousness. The other one we can look up later. Um, so, this is again according to the um, middle way school, and there we see that mind consciousness and um, awareness, these are all synonymous. So all of these words that we're using are synonymous. Um, Um, okay, so we look at what the very, there are various definitions of the mind and mental factors. Uh, when we look at mental factors, we have, um, we have the um, five omnipresent mental factors, uh, and then we have uh, um, those five omnipresent mental factors are always there whenever there is a consciousness. And this is part of the definition of, of, con of, of this mind. Uh, when we look, um, Rimshe is saying that you can go to uh, the um, mind and awareness text and you can, it's a very small text, and we have it in English, and you can find the, va the basic definitions um, of, of these things. Um, and just give me one second. So whenever there is a consciousness present, 
there is feeling, there is discrimination, there is intention, there is contact, there is mental engagement. So these five, these are the five omnipresent mental factors. Uh, when we look at mental factors themselves, uh, there are six. Omnipresent, determining, victorious, root affliction, secondary affliction, and changeable factors. But omnipresent mental factors, there are five. And these are always present whenever there is a consciousness. Um, so uh, when uh, um, so within the definition, and we'll get the exact after um, I'm going to need to, within the definition of this mind, uh, we find that there is necessarily uh, this um, inclusion of the mental factors. Um, and then we'll, I'll get the definition of the mental factor um, also at break, because I don't think that I'm going to... 35, 39, 99, 101... I don't think I'm going to have, it'll take me about, he's saying you're not going to be able to find it. I said, I'm looking in the index. There is the name mental factor. This is the book he's talking about, and I can look it up and then say it to everyone. So he said, that's a good idea. So if you just one moment here, I can bring it up. Mind here is synonymous with main mind, and that is which knows the mere entity of the object being apprehended. Minds are accompanied by men uh, mental factors which apprehend various features of that object, affecting the manner in which the mind apprehends its object and so forth. Mind and mental factors have respect to any particular object, sim these varying similarities. And then... 99. It's... 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 Scientists say that when we look at consciousness and mind, they say that the brain itself is responsible for much of this activity. So we would have to... Find out what scientists would say about this and and ask um, because they posit that the brain is responsible for this. Um, so we would have to see um, how they would include this material. So then, if uh, uh, if you're able to gather all of this. Together, then you'd be able to understand the real nature of what the mind is, if you can somehow gather all of these different things. So now we've gone through the first um, three, mindfulness of body, feeling, and mind, and now we get to uh, phenomena. Chula 
Demain, j'ai dit, tu es son bébé, c'est ça. Le tu es de la son URS. Toi, ma imbé, on est saint dans saint de Kangaroo. Tu es de S. Tu es de même du G. Zoji, quand même, ma imbé du G, je me bats de même du G. Moi, voilà, il y a Zoji, je me bats de même du G. Demain, dimanche, tapar, tapar, dimanche. Dimanche, je suis son bébé, je suis Jamais <laughs> そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そう、そ
of the four, uh, uh, f the close placements of mindfulness. We say this because of the proximity and relationship that we have with these things. Um, so, for instance, uh, this first category of body, um, we we have very close connection uh, to these things of form of body. Um, so it's for this reason that uh, uh, we, we observe this, the emptiness of body. Um, the next category uh, is feeling. Uh, so the three categories of feeling, of happy feeling, suffering feeling, and feeling of equanimity, uh, these feelings uh, are the three possibilities of our emotion. Um, so this is reoccurring. So um, these are related to the enjoyments um, uh, and lack thereof and so forth. Uh, so it's for this reason that uh, we have these. Um, and then mind is where we come up with and generate this idea of the, that I am truly established. Um, so this is uh, the next reason. And then the fourth category of phenomena is because of the close close closeness that we have with phenomena. Deeksung Rameche. Mm-hmm. 
અને ભગવત ધૂમે કે અને જમાની હું તે ત્યાં શેરો શું દોષ ખું તરે શું હોય સર ત્યાં શેરો બહુ mindfulness Uh, so okay all right all right all right so when we look at what the definition is of these various things uh we find that um the the four aspects of the close placefulness of mindfulness of bodies feelings minds and phenomena thoroughly examining their specific and general characteristics by which the path uh by which the path which conceptualizes things engages in the four truths Uh, so this is how we would define uh, this. Um, and when, what would specific be? What would general be? Uh, so the impermanence of body would be a specific. Just impermanence itself is general. Uh, so this is what the meaning of ge- the, within this definition of general and specific is. Um, and it's necessary, uh, it, according to um, Master Asanga, uh, it's necessary to have this mindfulness, this um, united with wisdom. Um, so here, uh, this close placement of mindfulness, um, is, that's what um, Master Asanga is saying it's referring to, mindfulness re- connected with wisdom about bodies, about feelings, about um, mind, about phenomena. Uh, so this is what, uh, according um, to... We're, we're in two texts now. According to uh, Penchen Sun Andrapa's, again, we're general meaning of perfection, um, which we don't have English for. And then also um, uh, Master Asanga's, I believe, the compendium of trainings. And when we break down, we look at the various bodies of work of Lord, uh, of Master Asanga, we divide them into uh, two different categories. Uh, the first category Uh, would be the five treatises on the levels. Uh, and then the second category would be the two compendiums. And this would fall under the category um, of the two, the two compendiums. And the... Here. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six... Um, And Asanga's five treatises on the levels are Actuality of the Levels or Levels of Yogic Practice, Compendium of Ascertainments, Compendium of Bases, Compendium of Enumerations, and the Compendium of Explanations. And then we have, I know those are called compendiums, but then we have what are called the two compendiums, uh, and it's the Compendium of Knowledge, uh, the Abhidharma Samachaya, and the Compendium on the Mahayana, uh, the Mahayana Samgraha. Uh, so those are the two compendiums. Okay. Dixon Rimche. Oh, that's not the name of 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 
Okay, so this next, next cat, the Chutsu Jupa lesson, this next category de- deals with the mind and mental factors. They Kanga NGK Yomare Rimache. And Kali Kabudu. So these uh, mind and mental, this will, de- this will deal with all of the mind and mental factors. Uh, so um, then we also have where do we find this explanation? that deals with uh, these mind and mental factors in relation. Uh, it's, a, again, a Master Asanga's uh, compendium uh, is where we will find it. And now uh, it's, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. This is the text that they teach the monks with. Um, in the, once they get into the, the Prajnaparamita class, after they've gone through Dudra, Lorig, and Dairig, um, then they get into the Prajnaparamita texts. Okay. Okay. Before we get started, I just want to give definitions that we missed before. Page 143 in Mind in Tibetan Buddhism. We have mind and mental factors as a category. Now, in the collection of topics, in the logic primer, um, which I went through in the monastery, it's a defi- different definition for mind. So because it's according to a different school, there I worked with all different definitions. So the definition, which is at the end of the low rig, mind and awareness, um, which I went through but never debated, is the definition of a mind is that which has similarity with the mental factors that arise as its accompaniers. Uh, so it's pretty much what we defined it as, but that's the exact definition. The definition of a mental factor is that which has similarity with the mind that has it as an accompanier. Um, So it's basically qualified by being accompanied by a mental factor being the mind and the mental factor being accompanied by the mind. Uh, So this is what qualifies it. And and here it says that the statement that minds and mental factors uh, uh, are accompanying and have a similarity there are, there are five aspects of similarity. So what we're going to get into now are modes uh, in the Pension Sun and Drapa text. In the general meaning of perfection, number, category number three uh, will, will be um, modes. Um, 
And I believe that that was an uncommon empowering condition before when we went through the three things that are always present with the mind. There's an observed object. There's immediately preceding condition. The, the powering condition is called an uncommon empowering condition. So those were the three before when we were speaking of da-ken, demo-da-ken. Uh, those three, me-ken, these are the, the immediately preceding condition, observed object, uh, and the uncommon empowering condition. Uh, so that goes through just a few of the things that we missed during class, and I just wanted to clarify them because I was able to um, find them at break, and uh, we'll go from here. Dig some room shape. Sheba uh, so when now the next category deals with ex examination of specific and general characteristics. Um, so the examination of the general and specific characteristics, some examples are, for instance, if we look at the, the, the idea that the body is not pure, uh, this is specific, but the not pure is general. So the body being not pure, general, and then the not purity, uh, specific. Um, when we look at um, feelings, we have happy, suffering, and um, neutral feelings. The, those are specific. General is feeling. Uh, and then we look at the, the impermanence of the mind, the momentary nature of the mind. That would be specific. Whereas impermanence would be 
general. Uh, and then specific abandonments on the pathway, attachment, hatred, uh, delusion. These are specific. Pathway itself is general. So this is how we would um, understand the general and specific characteristics, how we would understand what they're speaking of. Digson. So we would, if we would look at more generalities, we would say that all com, uh, compound um, are impermanent. Okay, okay. So we look at general statements such as all compounds are impermanent. All compounds are impermanent because they are momentary. Uh, and then we have the next statement that all contaminated phenomena are suffering. So why are contaminated suffering? Uh, because they are am among the class that has arisen from karma and the afflictions. Um, so because they are arisen from karma and afflictions, they are necessarily suffering. Um, the next is that all phenomena are <coughs> empty and selfless. Um, so all phenomena are empty uh, and selfless. Why? Because they dependently originate. So we could say because they dependently originate, they are empty and selfless. And then nirvana is peace. Uh, nirvana is peace when we look at uh, nirvana, uh, we could say that there are two possibilities here. The nirvana, which is the abandonment of the afflictive obstructions, which have, we have in common with a Hinayanist, um practitioner of here and solitary realizer. Uh, they get rid of the afflictive obstructions. And then the abandonment of the obstructions to omniscience. And this is specifically for the Mahayanist who wishes to become a Buddha. Um, so, uh, when we look at this nirvana is peace, there are uh, two kinds of nirvana. So, okay. 
So, when, when we look at nirvana, the two types, we have the abiding nirvana and then a non-abiding nirvana. Um, so, the abiding in nirvana is one that a Hinayanist practitioner uh, would engage in. Um, and the non-abiding nirvana is the Buddha, the Buddha's enlightenment. Um, so, uh, these are created by abandonment. So, we find in the Leukagi, Pramanavartika Karika. So, in the second chapter of the Pramanavartika Karika, um, it says something to the effect of that the... Because, so, why, why would we say that there is a certain type of, of nirvana that is ab abiding. And we would say that because that which gives rise to um, it's the, the causes of it have been created. Uh, and then when we look at what that is, the abandonment of the afflictive obstructions um, has occurred, so therefore there's an abiding nirvana. Uh, so the abandonment of the afflictive obstructions are what causes this abiding nirvana. Now, we're us I'm using these words very loosely because nirvana is permanent. Uh, so it's a permanent phenomena. So permanent phenomena is not caused. Um, so the collection of causes which um, allow for its occurrence have occurred. So what are those? The abandonment of the afflictive obstructions. So what happens is, is um, that, occur that causes a Hinayanist abiding nirvana. And in order to achieve a non-abiding nirvana, one has to slowly, after the afflictive obstructions have got, been gotten rid of, get rid of the imprints of those afflictive obstructions, which are the obstructions to omniscience. And by doing so, one is able to achieve non-abiding nirvana, and that's Buddhahood. Diksum. <laughs> Okay, so we can use the example uh, to understand how 
the abandonment of these afflictions takes place by looking at, for instance, a tree. A tree being present has all has various factors to allow it being present. But if one takes fire and burns it, then that tree is no longer present. It's been burned down and it, it's no longer growing. It will no longer grow. Likewise, if one applies the wisdom realizing emptiness... So if one uses the fire of the wisdom realizing emptiness, one is able to burn away the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience. So the, the wisdom realizing emptiness is, is similar to the fire in the sense that it burns away or gets rid of or destroys the afflictive obstructions uh, and the fire destroys or burns away a tree. ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、ジュ、
I'm not sure where he is now, but it's somewhere doing something important. What? He's in Israel. So he's doing something important in Israel, I'm sure. Uh, and he's one of the greatest scholars I've ever met in my life. And uh, they were at a college somewhere. Remember, she said, he doesn't remember where. And someone who understood Tibetan asked him the question. He said, didn't science, he said, doesn't science completely negate this idea of a Mount Meru? So Rinpoche is just remembering uh, someone at a class at a college who brought this very point up about doesn't science show there's no Mount Meru? So doesn't that, isn't that a problem? So this text, uh, the Abhidharma text, isn't a text that's very difficult to understand. Um, it's one of the less complex subjects uh, to read into. So there's this idea of a Mount Meru and then a sun that circles around it um, in the cosmology within the Abhidharma. And scientists says, there's, <laughs> we've looked, there's no such thing. Less so. Did Zambalin Kora So the scientists say that the earth turns. The Abhidharma, this is mutually exclusive with the Abhidharma teaching. But we have to understand the great benefit also that we can derive from the Abhidharma Kosha text. But there is a fault with this pointing out of a Mount Meru and so forth. As the translators note, there's also those who debate that you can't see it. You don't have the karma to see it. So, so what's the reason, number five, it seems, I, I don't have what I wrote first, but it seems like this outline is different, but I'm just going to keep going. Um, so number five, fifth category, Anjusurlan, Gombi Gupa? So what's the reason, the need for meditation on this? Why do we need to meditate on this? It's, so the, the reason uh, for this is the re the reason to meditate on this is by which the path is to conceptualize which let me just read this it's within the definition it has to do with conceptualizing and understand engaging in the understanding of the four noble truths the truth of suffering and the truth of origin cessation and path um, so uh, just let me read this point again and then maybe it'll, it'll make the connective will make sense uh, the four close placements of mindfulness of body feelings minds and phenomena thoroughly examining their specific and general characteristics by which the path which conceptualizes things engages in the four truths um, so it's the the reason is to um, um, engage in those four truths what the path that's conceptualizing these engaging in the four truths so the emptiness of all these things engaging in the four truths Deekson. 
Bizman. Nie, co pa? Nabo gubu, gubu, gubu. Isel zare. Nenzi ilandola gubu, şey imbez. Döngen debatına konuyor, debatı ponca. Gönder de nadenye. Nazo nazar şey bir çeydi oraya. Ben gubu çeydi o. Nenzi So the reason uh, for this is to abandon the first truths, the truth of suffering and the truth of origin, and apprehend that or engage in, maybe better, the other two truths. We'll get your question, I didn't forget. The other two truths of the truth of um, path and, uh, I'm sorry, the truth of cessation and the truth of path. So it's abandoning the first two and engaging in the, the other two. So the first turning of the wheel of Dharma, the Buddha stated, this is the superior truth of suffering. This is the superior truth of origin. This is the superior truth of cessation. This is the superior truth of path. So these statements were made at the first turning of the wheel. And then the Buddha stated that suffering is to be abandoned. Origin, the so then the Buddha stated that suffering is to be understood, path is to be abandoned, cessation is to be achieved. I'm sorry, let me try that one more time. Then the Buddha stated that suffering is to be understood, origin is to be abandoned, Cessation is to be achieved and path is to be relied upon. Um, so what is meant here is that once one is able to understand what suffering is, then one will want to get rid of it. And then how once one understands suffering, one will look for what the causes are of it to get rid of it. And that's why the next is suffering. The origin is to be abandoned. Because once you understand suffering and want to get rid of it, you have to get rid of what causes it. And then cessation is to be achieved. So cessation is achieved in dependence upon a path. So path is to be relied upon. So what does this mean by path relied upon? The path from path of seeing, path of meditation, and path of no more learning. So here, when we're speaking of path, it's superior path. Um, and that starts at the path of seeing. Digsun. Uh, so Lu. Okay, mm -hmm. so Lu so body 
Um, so when we look at the suffering of cyclic existence and so forth, um, we would say that body is the truth of suffering because it's contaminated um, and it is abandoned when this cyclic suffering is abandoned. Um, so uh, we would say that body is the truth of suffering. Okay. 
Okay, Dan Drash Dixon. Um, so the next is the mind, and the mind is related to cessation um, because it's in dependence upon this doubt that first occurs in the mind about true self. One has this doubt, it, oh, maybe there isn't a true self. And then in dependence upon this thought process evolving, one begins to see the lack of true establishment of phenomena and self, and by doing this, one slowly abandons that which gives rise to cyclic existence. Uh, so one is able to, in dependence upon the mind, starting with this doubt, um, in arriving at the, the final wisdom realizing emptiness, one is able to achieve the state of faux destroyer. Um, so um, faux destroyer, cessation, a faux destroyer is cessation. So it's independence upon this mind. First, Rinpoche is saying having a doubt about selflessness and true self, and then evolving that into uh, understanding of the lack of true establishment of self. Okay? Okay. So we find the connection um, with these four then to the four noble truths. So body, we find the connection to the truth of suffering. Um, feeling, we find the connection to the truth of origin. Mind, the connection to the truth of cessation. Uh, and phenomena, lastly, to the um, truth of path. Then Garishene, Lam? Garishene, <laughs> Utah then now the next is, um, so I asked Rinpoche to explain what is the connection to um, path and um, uh, the phenomena. Um, and Rinpoche said by... Um, pathway is we look at what is to be abandoned and what is to be practiced. So what is to be engaged in uh, and what is to be abandoned. Uh, and by, by doing so, um, we are able to achieve that cessation. And chu drawa gare remache. The chu got the lamden, the chu drawa, drawa gare. Less so. 
Okay, so I'm just going over what phenomena. Um, so I just I did translate it correctly. I was just trying to find some clear connection to path, but it's it's literally that once one finds what is to be abandoned, what phenomena to I see what phenomena to abandon and what to practice, one is able to then gain um, a cessation. So one is able to abandon the afflictive obstructions and the obstructions to omniscience, uh, and then one does so by engaging in path, and then that pathway then allows one to achieve cessation. So where do we find um, this? Uh, and we find it in Lord Maitreya's text. And we, we've, Lord Maitreya has the five treatises of uh, doctrine, discrimination of phenomena and the nature of phenomena, discrimination of the middle way uh, and extremes, the ornament to the Mahayana Sutras, the ornament for clear realization, uh, and the uh, sublime continuum. And this particular text is, hold on one sec, um, discrimination of the middle way and extremes. Uta, the Nantarjepa. So uh, that's discrimination of the middle way and extremes. I think that that text is in English. I think I have it. Um, I'll check. But I believe that that Matreya text is in English. Ornament is in English for clear realization. Sublime continuum is also in English. So we have a lot, lot of Matreya's works in English. And Kontriwa Yurbe. Yeah, okay. Moa Yurbe. Okay, okay. Okay, now we'll do uh, your question. Thank you, Rupache, for taking my question. So I've been reading from the Gilukayuk tradition of Mahamudra by the Dalai Lama, and okay, there's okay. All right, we'll try. I okay, don't have any. Stu- I didn't study any Mahamudra whatsoever. Okay, well, uh, there's a, there's a part here that says uh, the nature of mind, either on the conventional or the deepest level, does not change from moment to moment. That's the clear light mind. Yeah. Yeah. Each moment of our experience is the same conventional nature of being mere arising and engaging with the content of that experience and the same deep nature of being devoid of existing in any in an impossible way. Um, although both levels of nature of our experience do not change from moment to moment, our experience of having those natures does change from moment to moment. So 
Can you explain what it means when he says that the mind does not change from moment to moment? That's speaking of the subtle, final nature of the mind. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when it's speaking of that, because go back to that, read the initial part where it says that. It doesn't say the mind specifically. It says there's a qualifying thing next to mind. The nature of mind. Yeah, the, the mind in all. The kong kong the mahamudra becha yure, then the sanging o keji yumare. Ah. The the becha jiao rimbache becha the sanging o, dendeng o the chikshena use hako mare ni becha the shingme the kejima yomare mitapa yomare. Use. Use. Hako mare sanging o sanging o. Mitapa yomare. Let me see the text. He said the Dalai Lama would never say that the nature of the mind is permanent. He would not say that. So it might, it's, it's just there's translation also that there's faults in. Uh, where was it again? Unlike our mother. The sanging o gunjun damba dang dundan damba nyune kejima yomare. Sanging o. Dundan dang gunjun. The dun. Gunzotan dundan damba nicha. Nyone kejima yomare. So when we're looking at conventional truth and ultimate truth, according to Madhyamika, conventional truth is necessarily impermanent and ultimate truth is necessarily permanent. So right here it's saying if either if it's a conventional or ultimate nature, it's not impermanent. If it's, in, if it's conventional, it is impermanent necessarily according to Madhyamaka. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to read what comes after it. I might be reading right now a wrong view that's going to be negated later because I haven't read this. I'm just saying we'd have to look at it in context. So either there's a subtlety that's not being translated, it's mistranslated, or it's being pulled out of context. So um, that's, I would, again, Mahamudra isn't studied till after a Geshe degree. This is very subtle, very subtle material. I don't know who translated it, Alex Burzen, qualified. But again, Mahamudra, a Geshe, would say is very difficult. Sakya Pandita said most Mahamudra people, meditators, end up as dogs in their next life. Because it's so subtle, you end up grasping at nihilism in a form of ignorance quite easily. So I'm just warning everyone, as a non-scholar myself, Mahamudra, Dzogchen, these teachings are very difficult, very subtle. And one mistranslation one missing word 
will make you end up on the road of wrong view and end up misunderstanding it completely. So the reason that teachers say don't get into this until you're educated enough because you can't cut it and rub it if you don't have a foundation. So you're relying on a translator at this point that may or may not have it exact. So that's why you see me having a nervous breakdown when I'm missing words. Because the exact translation is what gets us enlightened. A missing word, it might say the, the final nature, the, the clear light, the remache, the usel, tapa mi tapa. Less so. So there is a final nature of the mind that is the emptiness of the mind, which is the mind's nature, which is ultimately permanent. So the emptiness of the mind, which is the final nature of the mind, is permanent. So that might be what they're talking about. There's two clear light minds. One is the consciousness clear light that is impermanent. And then there's the clear light, which is the emptiness of that mind. That's permanent. So, so the other kind of clear light mind is consciousness. That clear light is necessarily impermanent because consciousness is necessarily impermanent. If it is mind, it is necessarily impermanent. Sem yina mitapi yimbi chap. Yeah, so if it is mind, it's necessarily impermanent. We would not say the final nature of the mind is really mind. It's not. So all of that's needed to understand whatever that's saying. So mind's nature, if that part's about the final nature, which is the emptiness of the mind, yes, that's permanent. Conventional and ultimate emptiness, that's all, that's the, the gunzu demba tombani yurube, the tombani dak park dundan demba. So gunzu. Gunzu demba. Gunzu demba. Okay, so um, if it, we say that conventional truth is impermanent, but if it is conventional, it is not necessarily impermanent. Show a, a permanent conventional phenomena. So we say that the word conventional is impermanent. The word ultimate is permanent, but... If it is, um, I lost my train of thought, but I already said it once, so it was okay. <laughs> so then we're going to get into Natsu Karma J, then it's. Uh, uh, then the last is the meaning of the words, Jadun. Okay. Okay. So the last is that um, the meaning truly is that this wisdom which looks at the object has to not be forgotten. So there has to be this mindfulness coupled with this wisdom. So it's the wisdom, we have these wisdoms recognizing these emptinesses 
but you have to have the mindfulness so that it's not a forgotten teaching. So that's the main point of all of this, um, uh, that wisdom has to, when wisdom is looking at an object, there, it also has to be not forgotten. Mm. Uh, so we've now gone through um, the four aspects of the close placements of mindfulness um, in the six categories in the Parshin Shittan. Now, we'll, next week, we'll go through the four perfect abandonments, and I'm going to try to somehow really get um, more of the English. I have that text. Um, <laughs> but again, it's kind of like the Mahamudra text. It's, you know, I'm kind of a bug trying to understand the world. Um, so um, let's uh, end there with a concluding mandal offering and dedication prayer. Um, again, thank you, everyone. Any mistrans anything that came out incorrectly was a fault of mine um, and uh, not Rinpoche's. Uh, I just want to make that clear. When we get into really difficult material, um, um, my aspiration is that in the future, great scholars will look at this material and improve upon the work that I've done. Um, and that's the, all we can hope for. And all we can hope for is eventually a, a lexicon to be created that we as translators all agree on, and then we can truly move forward and, and get these texts translated. Oh, so yeah. concluding Mandal offering and dedication prayer, and thank you everyone for your patience. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I've collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. Pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, holder of scriptural and realizational doctrines. Spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tuji Rimache Gutishapi Dana.